0: Matt Rainey's brand so hot right now.
1: <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. Be your own boss.
0: Listen to me. Listen to me.
2: I have something to say.
3: <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are.
2: You can do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Epic Podcast, your weekly dose of mental foreplay. My name is Matt I'm Jen. I'm Austin.
1: Christina.:
4: I'm David.:
0: And this week we are talking about Upreners and the digital nomad lifestyle. So if you're not familiar with either of those, com- uh, those I don't know, they're not comments, they're terms, I guess. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with either of those <laughs> terms, uh, Upreneur was uh, created by Chris decker who uh literally as austin was telling me earlier wrote the book on youpreneurs mm-hmm. <laughs> literally <laughs> literally wrote the book and uh digital digital nomads we are literally joined by two of them today on the podcast
2: so
3: <laughs>
2: yeah maybe now, maybe we should have them define what that is that sounds appropriate
3: well basically it's in my mind at least it's just the concept of being location independent. You. Your work is all done online, so that you can be wherever you want to be. In our case, that is not in the north in the winter. Yes. So mm. that's ah. generally we we avoid the snow as much as we can, the cold, the blustery wind, et cetera.
0: <laughs> the grays and the browns. Mm. It's glorious.
2: Really, Don't kid us.
3: Where we are is pretty brown though. What? <laughs> where we are is pretty brown. Yeah. We're in we're in Texas, so
2: it's just a different kind of brown.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> and it doesn't hurt to be outside. It's a warm
3: breath.
2: <laughs> it doesn't hurt.
1: I mean, summertime
3: it hurts. To be yeah, right? Well, we don't stay here in the summer, so... <laughs>
1: true.
2: Okay, so that's exactly it, though, right? You guys can get wherever you want based on the seasons, based on what, what you have in front of you. That's I know true. we won't get yeah. into personal details, but you guys mm-hmm. travel all over the place to spend months at a time with family and get to different areas, not just, not just around the States, but around different
1: countries.
3: Yeah. David grew up in Costa Rica. So we go there sometimes in the winter as well. It's fun.
1: And you can do it's that also, because of your online presence instead of being a building nine yes. to five Monday through Friday.
3: Yeah, totally. When did,
5: and we hope- when did this happen? Internet? <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> um, we started the first year that we that David basically left his job was the end of 2011. It's been an, it's been a number of years. Um, some years we've traveled more than others, but yeah, we also homeschool our kids. So there's there's a number of components to making it work. But so far, it's going pretty well. You enjoy it. Um, one of the things about being a digital nomad is that you don't have to make a ton of money in order to be able to do it, generally, or if, at least if you work work things right. That's one thing that I think sometimes prohibits people is thinking, oh, you have to make, be making, you have to be really super successful yeah. in order to do it. You don't necessarily. Um, it does help that we have family that live in the south, so it makes it easier for us to go to locations that we want to go to. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um,
3: but in general, uh, there, yeah, there, there are some tips and tricks and things that we share on our website, tiquantina.com, that. Can help um, make it more feasible for anybody, I guess. I don't
0: know. Well, I hope you share some of of them today. And if you could write one of my earlier wrongs in this early, this young podcast here, um, <laughs> I I talked about you. We're like f- five minutes in, Matt. You, you I, already I, made oh, and, I, and I dorked it up about thirty seconds in, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, a, a, a term coined by this guy. Da, 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 da. I Never said actually what it was." So. Tina, go ahead and keep going in there with what a youpreneur is. How that does. Oh, actually, I
3: it does. I don't know. I feel like Austin has been more into that mm. See, well,
0: You be the host and ask him that. Okay.
3: Oh, sorry. Well, I, I mean, I'll fumble it. Like, uh, I think it's basically.
0: No, nope, you know, not, not your brand Austin, Austin, <laughs> Austin, please cut her off. Austin, cut her off. <laughs> so,
2: uh, you, uh, so digital nomad is kind of the idea of like, whether you've, you know, d- this is kind of framing Youpreneur and how it's a bit different because you can be a Youpreneur and be a digital nomad, Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to. So digital nomads, it's about, you know, it is about that freedom. It is about um, making your money uh, not geographically specific. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can run multiple e-commerce websites or blogs and not necessarily put yourself out there um, I would say ticoantina.com is in some ways a Youpreneur uh representation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of upreneur is specifically that you're building your personal brand. Um if you go to youpreneur.com, you'll see um I'm looking at the site right now. It's time to build the business of you. You know, and then they have a uh, a text feature on their on their top banner that says become the go-to blogger in your industry, become the go-to podcast in your industry, become the go-to consultant in your industry. So the idea is that you're building a brand around yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, some industries uh, can do that more nomad-like than others. You know, you could imagine if you're um, in more of a specific, uh, a specific niche, let's say, of a spiritual... You know, you're a Baptist um, traveling minister. I mean, in the church world, there's kind of been entrepreneurs and digi- and and that kind of build personal brand. They've been doing it for years. They're called itinerant preachers, yeah.
5: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so, when you have this preacher come in, and you've got these people that have been traveling the country, traveling the world for years mm-hmm. around their particular message or their particular brand, but now with the internet and with the digitalization of all things it's enabled people to become experts you know if you're if you're in the coffee industry you can become an expert on coffee if you're in if you're in any sort of you know design industry you can become an expert on that kind of design if you you know it's just the idea that you become a go-to authoritative voice with what it is that you know really really well and then from there depending on the industry you can either travel wherever you want and be a digital nomad or you can, you know, have your house, dig your roots, and just travel as you see fit.
0: But uh, they're very closely related, but they're not necessarily the same. Sure. So, I mean, you know, blogger, podcaster, author, teacher, communicator, consultant, I mean, they all they all kind of revolve around communication, it seems like, but there are a couple that don't. So you mentioned e-commerce. Is there any other, you know, arenas that people can hop into as, you know, with, with, with youpreneurship? Or digital nomad ship, uh, <laughs> digital nomadity.
2: Uh, no, there you go. Nomadism. <laughs> I know, for my part, the digital nomads. You can, if you have a digital skill. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a designer, you can. All you need is your computer and the internet. You can design anywhere you want. You don't need to put your name on anything. Um, you know, use services like
0: gra- graphic design or architectural design. Or is there any kind of particular design at all? if you sent by file you're good
4: there's so much stuff um like with sites like upwork uh hmm. fiverr, fiverr. Mm-hmm. um but there, there's a couple others
2: even then you get educational sites like udemy oh yeah or, or uh some of those i can't think of some of the others but
4: if if you have a skill if you're if you're adept at a skill and 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 honestly i mean and you have a camera (laughs) (laughs) there and or your phone actually yeah crank out these uh these udemy is a site that has a bunch of um uh courses that you can buy and um and then the person will have like a bunch of these, you know, one-hour sessions or whatever, uh, recorded, a lot of them don't even like they, they won't even edit them. They just sit right. down and you know spew out stuff for about twenty minutes and then call it done and on to the next one.
1: And they're actually All making it. money from that because I've seen some yeah. pretty choppy videos on YouTube. I'm like, I don't know why people listen well, to that.
4: I don't know. I I've, I've never put anything up on Udemy, so I, I would not hmm. know. Uh, some of the ones that I've uh, bought are one of them is like really good, but it's mostly the guy sitting there and he'll go through building a site. And so, you know, you do this and this and this, and you can see his screen and see his mouse moving around. And, and then you do this and this, and then you do this and this. And okay, it's over. And then the other one is kind of a funny one because I had he's a vocal coach and he is very quirky. But <laughs> yeah, anyways. Sure. But that one was more like because uh, there, there's there's some stuff that was recorded with good quality and some stuff that's like you, somebody was there with a phone, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically. So, uh, yeah.
2: Udemy uh, does have a bit of a quality control mechanism mm-hmm. uh, more than YouTube. Um, <laughs> and not, not the least of which is you have to actually create classes and kind of lay it i mean it it does udemy does force you just by how it works it forces you to create a progression through what it is that you're communicating but the idea is if you're good at what you do go create a class on it and teach other people
4: yeah uh there's there's also lynda.com that's the other one yeah uh and then there's also um there's some 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 sites that are more specific uh one's called um site point that has a lot that's more geared towards develop web development or even um coding
2: plural site is is really really big on the web development and technical training they have a really plural site's probably my favorite both layout and uh and content they're super uh there's not a lot of what we're talking about is the lower quality um plural site is not there's they don 't really tolerate low quality um, so but these are these are individuals point being back to the subject of our podcast mm-hmm. these are individuals who are good at what they do and have figured out how to make extra money or even make a living off of teaching people online how to do what they do
4: mm-hmm. yeah and I guess we should put make the distinction like the first couple of ones upwork and fiverr and i don't remember if there's another i think there was one that was called mechanical turk that might have been like years and years ago but those are more like um that's a place where yeah freelance you Mm -hmm. offer your services yeah fee for service yeah yeah so but the other ones are you you have a skill or whatever or you have some knowledge and you put it into a course and then you sell the course and these are basically uh like marketplaces for courses or something like that. But Fiverr and Upwork and whatever, you, 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 you're there. You're like, I can do this kind of web design or I can do copyright or whatever. Um, and, and you, you'll have an account and you, uh, you pay money into an escrow and then, um, once your task is completed, then you release The funds from the escrow and they get paid to the uh, person that did the work and the site gets a cut and that's that and you're done
3: i think something that's important to note when talking about this kind of stuff is that it's really easy to feel like you a don't have anything to teach people or b aren't good enough at it or don't feel qualified and basically anybody can teach something and part of the thing is that when you're so when you're so familiar with how to do something you don't recognize that it's not easy for everybody
2: (laughs) right and there's that again five times
3: yeah there's so much that people people want to learn but you just don't recognize that you're able to teach it um there's stupid simple stuff that you can teach that you wouldn't wouldn't recognize right off the bat so if this is the kind of thing that you're interested in being able to do Um, you have to broaden your, broaden your mm, horizons of what, what it is that, (laughs) that you can do that you don't recognize, I guess. I don't know. There's a
2: good, there's a good filter for this that I've seen my wife do a hundred times. Um, I, (laughs) so have you ever watched a video online on how to do something and then, then in that video, you're like, why is this person doing it that way? Mm -hmm. Right. That is all the evidence that you need that you should be the one doing the video,
5: mm-hmm.
2: right? If you think that the person's doing it wrong or, you know, you, I get it. There's differences of opinion and stuff like that, so, but I'm just in general, like, Oh my gosh, why'd they do that? Why didn't they just do this, this, and this? Oh my gosh. Hello. You're the, you're a better expert than the person that you're, thinking about you're watching their video. Mm-hmm. And how many people would be watching your video? Yeah. Right. So,
1: I'm smiling. Gina, I I'm smiling because <laughs> yeah. I went to school for four years to teach learn how to teach people. And I I'm struggling with this conversation because yes, everyone does have interests and in, in strengths that they can teach, but there is a certain art to teaching and there are certain like awesome when you were saying, like, you know, why are they doing it that way? Well, because that's the way they learn, right? And and there's different now I'm just like, maybe I should go on and make how to teach video or whatever. Totally. Like, because there's visual learners, there's audio learners, there's kinesthetic learners. There's not the one, the one process to, to fix something. There's lots of different ways and depending on what materials you have. And so I think the, the better the teacher can be is bringing different resources and different ways mm-hmm. to do it. So when someone is watching like, why did they do it that way? Well, because my brain operates this way, but you can also do it X, Y, and Z if that's mm-hmm. the way your brain works giving away stuff for free
3: totally and for sure that's funny for sure there are people that are more gifted sorry go ahead
2: i was saying giving away stuff for free which is part of being a and a youpreneur
3: definitely
2: (laughs) yeah anyway go ahead christina No, there are
3: definitely people that are more gifted in the skill of teaching and can do a better more well-rounded job however um it's easy to think if I don't have all of these bases covered, I'm not being a good teacher. But that's not necessarily the case. Because like you're saying, different people learn different ways. If all you need to do is find those people that learn the way that you teach. And Mm -hmm. there's way more people that are probably in that category than you might think on the front end. And, And part of the thing is not being afraid to niche down. And that's what The vast Mm. majority of people have the problem with is that they want to try to hit everybody because it's a scarcity or poverty mentality of, well, if I, I'm leaving money on the table, if I'm not getting everybody, but that's not true because you're not able to market to everybody. You can't sell to everybody at the same time. Um, If you're wanting to get your message out, the more niched it is, the more you're going to be able to connect with your target and you can grow from there. But if you don't start in a niche, um, it's very difficult to actually get momentum.
1: Right, and I think that's something that we really worked as a group um, with the epic because if you don't clearly market what your who your niche is and who you're trying to to market to, people are like, "Well, that didn't make any sense to me. They're a, a mm-hmm. poor teacher," and then next thing you know, they're word by word of mouth or whatever. And well, no one's going to spend time with you, but if you're explicitly saying, this is the way I learn, and this is how I'm communicating, if this drives with you, come check it out. And then that way people aren't disregarding you because you don't match up.
0: Okay. I don't think we, get, we get necessarily get negative, negative word of mouth. I think people just not care.
1: Yeah. Well, I think about the example Austin gave it with his wife and how she's like, why are they doing it that way? And it doesn't make sense to her. Well... So the person making the video made sense to them, but she's gonna go tell her friend, who's gonna tell their friend, "Hey, this so and so person." Is she though? Could.
0: I mean, I, I don't know. That, that takes a lot of energy. I mean, I, I guess people do do that. That
1: takes. There's a lot, a of, energy. lot of people on the internet be like this sucked. These website, these people, like they'll definitely make a comment. Yeah, right, <laughs> and then instant share. Like that stuff happens. Do
2: you but, the amount of troll energy on the internet is astounding. Yeah. Well, sure.
1: No, because I'm not an internet troll. But But a lot
3: more people also just close the the window and yeah, Yeah. so it's it's both. I think
1: maybe something
0: that would have been helpful earlier on here is to you know you asked like you know people make money on this for real and I think like poor quality
1: stuff is no I'm saying like
0: people that you already know are 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 doing this there like there's some gigantic names and like when you hear these names you're like oh it it might be easy to say well those are big people those are gigantic people. Mm. Um, that's not me, but so at risk of, of, of creating that sentiment, which I don't want to do still list off some people like we talked about earlier, Chris Decker, um, is a pretty big guy in the space, Pat Flynn's another big guy in the space, but, but maybe bigger names that you might know are, are, Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, Kerwin Ray. I mean, there, there's a lot of names. I mean, we don't, just, we talk about it like, let's not name drop here, but, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of big names that are, have been doing this thing. No, let's just name
2: drop for days and then we can tag them all in the post.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that'd be a strategy, I guess. And, and there's like <laughs>
2: Bill Johnson and then like days <laughs> still. Kind <of> the, so. <laughs> I mean, there's a the
1: whole family of them. But yeah,
0: there's people that are doing very, very well in this stuff. And even people that, you know, with names you don't know are, are, are on platforms like Udemy and they're doing real well. Like I remember when cryptocurrency started to rise up and, and people started entering that market there were people that were trading on markets that were never had never traded on a financial market in their life, and so they're doing horrible things. <laughs> but yeah. as a result, people are like, "Hey, there's a niche. There's a ton of people coming into financial markets that were never there before. I'm going to go on a place like Udemy and create courses, and those people have done very well."
3: My question is, oh. what does all what do all those people have in common?
1: Internal drive, intuition.
3: Honestly, probably
4: not. Probably not even that.
3: <laughs> like. And at least in my mind, the number one thing that they all have in common is that they just started doing something.
4: Do
3: <laughs> they didn't, they weren't experts when they started. Nobody is an expert when they start. They just know a little bit more than the people that they're showing stuff to, honestly. That's the majority of the thing and you gain so much experience by doing, by so, teaching. Yeah, sure. So
0: those guys that I was talking about, they were doing chart analysis, of so financial charts <laughs> or technical analysis mm-hmm. and as they gave some of that away for free, as Awesome mentioned earlier, as they are giving that away for free on YouTube, they were able to then say, hey, the real good stuff is in my private channel or the real good stuff's in my Udemy uh, course or what, you know, this is just a teaser. This is just a taste. And so I don't know. I think that's kind of a basic tenet of being a youpreneur is that in marketing yourself, you you give people a little bit. It also creates this problem, though, where everybody's giving away a different little bit. Mm-hmm. And so what are the, some of the challenges that you've maybe faced along those lines?
2: I think it is at this point, not to youpreneur versus digital nomad, because mm-hmm. we are largely focusing on that personal brand um, and personal brands kind of retwi- require that teaching skill that uh, Jen was talking about. Like not everyone's a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not a great communicator, then you probably won't develop a great personal brand. Um, that doesn't mean you can't make a living online. It doesn't mean you can't be a digital nomad. You might not be able to teach it well, but you can do graphic design, you know, super fast, lickety split, throw your name on, you know, Upwork and, and Fiverr and, and travel the world and do whatever you want to do. Now, as far as some of the challenges, Matt, you're talking about, um, it's for me, the building a personal brand, the biggest challenge is something back to what. Tina was talking about as far as focusing on a niche Mm -hmm. because you do know a whole lot more than what you can put on a five-minute video right and so I think about like when was the last time I googled this really generic phrase like how to cook (laughs) right no I probably googled how to cook a cheeseburger right so what if you what if you found the niche of I can teach you how to cook the world's most amazing cheeseburger, and I become the cheeseburger expert. Now, it doesn't mean I don't know how to cook a steak or I don't know how to make a salad. Of Mm -hmm. course not. But it does mean that you're going to become the expert that they then grow from there. So the biggest challenge for me has been like, okay, I can do a lot. And as an entrepreneur, as a visionary individual, we just did a podcast. I don't know if it's going to air before or after this on lemon leadership. I am a luminary. So I'm an idea person, and so I have dozens of them a day. But there's kind of this area that, of expertise that I really, really do well. And there might be three or four that you do really, really well, but maybe one of those three doesn't have an industry expert out there yet. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to know how to cook cheeseburgers, you know, how to fry fish, and how to make an amazing egg roll. Which one of those three doesn't have an expert out there? Which one of those, when you Google it, doesn't have good responses and, and go there? And so that has been the biggest challenge is being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of for me, it's been, okay, I can do a lot. And yes, I'm super smart and listen to me. I have something to say. <laughs> but seriously, what is the one thing I say better than most people? And more importantly, what is the one thing that there's really nobody saying? Um, and if you're and if you're blessed to find this like giant gap in the market, and you really can hit a home run, then sure, you might you might knock it out of the park and become a billionaire. But if you're just really good at cooking cheeseburgers, how many people do you think Google that every day? And you want their blog, you want your blog and your cookbook to show up in front of them. Um, And then from there, in your cookbook, you can put steak and chicken and other things and Mm -hmm. kind of build from there. But picking your niche has been, I think, for me, on a personal level, been the most like, oh, but I want to do it all because I love it all because it's all my personality. But the world doesn't need to follow Austin. You know, they need a specific thing that Austin does better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Figuring that out and then sticking with it. you know, I've got some. One of my favorite stories to use about being true to your brand is if you're familiar with uh, Glenn Beck, the Glenn Beck program, he started the Blaze News Network. And the Blaze News Network was, you know, um, the truth has no agenda. Yet the Glenn Beck program clearly has an agenda, right? And so you don't get to go off brand and change your expertise and suddenly and expect to keep everybody around, and so if you become the cheeseburger expert expert don't suddenly switch to woodworking
5: right
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to you might know how to do woodworking, but you 're the cheeseburger expert, like just stay in your lane and make a good living so that's been as a luminary person that 's been my biggest challenge because I love to do everything
3: mm-hmm. well it feels like it, it it can feel like you are just saying no to a lot of things and that doesn't feel fun a lot of times, but if you can shift the perspective to you're saying a really big yes to Mm -hmm. something and, and recognize, I, I think that's been a lot of our problem in the past was just having that. I mean, it's, it's maybe a cliche, but the poverty mentality of being afraid of missing out on something because of niching down. Or being afraid of getting bored honestly with mm. doing one thing, but what i'm recognizing more and more is that when you do uh, choose something and commit to something, it opens up so much bigger than you thought that it could um, there's so much there's so much more depth to even a cheeseburger than you could guess, and it when you <sighs> especially creative people don't want to have limitations but when you choose limitations for yourself you actually find a lot of freedom in creativity it it opens up your creativity to come up with new ideas bigger more interesting ideas than you would have if you were i'm going to do this and this and this and this but you're not going deep into that idea so you're not getting truly creative in any one thing you're just kind of slopping all over everything if that makes sense Um, (laughs) But when you yeah, when you limit yourself, it opens up in, in ways that you wouldn't recognize on the in the front end.
0: <laughs> so there's there's a saying for people who don't like having a boss that you shouldn't start a mm-hmm. company to be the boss because then you're gonna have hundreds of bosses, whether it's the employees that work for you or the customers that work for you, as somebody that's working on your own personal brand. Do you find that there are cons that you didn't expect downsides that you didn't expect. I just because have to well,
2: say, Matt, your 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 hosting duties are you're knocking out of the park.
0: Oh, thanks. You're asking
2: dude. great questions. Go ahead, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: that is where.
2: <laughs>
3: that is where my hook came from. Wherever you go, there you are. Um, <laughs> you, it, it can feel like, oh, being my own boss, the freedom, all the. You know what being your own boss does is it highlights all the ways that you uh, were failing in outside stuff that you didn't recognize because you were blaming all the outside stuff. <laughs> mm. So like when you're your only, the only person you answer to is you,
2: <laughs> you
3: recognize a lot of stuff that you need to get better at.
2: <laughs> you can't blame the workplace environment.
3: No, you can't can blame, blame your boss. You can't My blame boss
2: your- is so stupid. Uh... <laughs>
3: Can't blame your coworkers. Yep. Nope. Um, <laughs> you can't My boss blame is so
2: stupid. Where do you work? Uh, for myself. <laughs> My coworkers are lazy. Who do you work with? <laughs> My,
3: <myself>. Precisely. <laughs> My right
0: hand man's just not getting it done. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, man. I think we all need a drink after that one. <laughs> I think for me, the, the challenge of, um, has been, I don't think I've ever met an author who, given but the time they finish a book to the time it was published, that there's not something in the book that they wish they could take back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And so there's this false idea that people who put this information out have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And it is the answer. And especially in the entrepreneur world, it is once you start to kind of develop your voice and your brand and your message, uh, the freedom to change it and grow and mature, yeah. um, you do realize that you're not your own boss. That your your customers and your audience, they are the ones determining what it is that you get to produce, and so they become your boss. You're, um, you know, I haven't had the Uh, privilege of working with employees as of yet but I can imagine that also creates a a different level of of stress and responsibility but by and large from a youpreneur standpoint yeah you once you find your niche and you develop that reputation you will find that the freedom and the and the kind of devil may care attitude that kind of helped you start it Mm -hmm. again back to this lemon leadership podcast we've got like shifting modalities from being the visionary to being a manager is not always super easy. And I know uh, a lot of, um, I come from the Christian background, so I know a lot of traveling itinerant ministers that uh, they have an entire circuit that they do every year. I mean, that's how they pay their bills. And if they went and shared some of the new stuff that they've learned, they would lose half their income. And so you, you aren't your own boss in the end, the market is always the boss. And, um, so you have a choice to make, you know, am I going to, am I going to develop a brand that is built on changing ideas and changing the message? But, um, that's what I'm trying to do with new age Christianity because I'm trying to build a brand that allows for that. But by and large, most industries Um, unless you're, unless you build your brand as I am the industry, the cutting edge expert, right? I'm, I'm the one you come to when you want to know what's new in our industry. Okay. Well now you've given yourself the ability to always be on that cutting edge, always change your message, always change the products, products you recommend and so on and so forth. So there are ways to do it, but by and large, it's, it's very difficult to, um, give yourself the freedom to change your message when that is your income. There's a lot of fear you have to face and there's a lot of potential ridicule you have to face. Well, you said, your book said, so on and so forth. Yeah, I know my book said, I wrote that 10 years ago. You don't think I've changed? Yeah, you know, People don't don't want you to change. They want you to say exactly what you said 20 years ago. And if, if Tony Robbins isn't preaching exactly what he preached 20 years ago, then he's a failure for some people. And uh, it that's that's not always fun, but you got to, <laughs> You got to choose what you're going to build.
1: And, and speaking from an educator's spe- perspective on, on that mindset, I'm really hoping to see a change because that's a very fixed mindset of you need mm-hmm. to say what you said 10 years ago today. And as we come down in, in progression and we have this um, growth mindset, sorry, it left me, it left my brain. <laughs> On that growth mindset Actually, I, that di- I didn't fart I swear <laughs> <laughs> I looked at evolving parent materials and whatnot. I was like, you have had me look up some stuff, um but that growth mindset that um as we pr- continue to progress and and learn and and gain knowledge and and understand how the world works, that people in our society are going to have more of this evolving thought process and accept new ideas quicker and faster because things are changing so much quicker.
2: Mm-hmm. I personally kind of look down on people who are the same as they were even a few months ago.
0: Well, you're just
2: like that. So it works. I, I don't look down. on them in the way of, but there is just a measure of like, Oh, okay. You're, you're just kind of asleep. You're on autopilot Yeah. yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: because there's not an industry in the world. That's not being changed by technology. Oh, mm-hmm. certainly. Right. Mm-hmm. And I come from, again, I come from a spiritual religious background. So it's very easy to find people who haven't moved. And it's just, I'm like, what? <laughs> how, how have you not grown? Like, even from a spiritual standpoint, like, how have you not matured? How have you not dug into some of the things that you were stupid about, you know, two months ago? Um, but it's, but I think that, I think you're right, Jen. I think that is shifting. I think more and more people are realizing that uh, that kind of static way of being doesn't suffice in this, in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Jen brought up Evolving Parent, and that's, that's a project I've worked on for a while now um i've also not worked on it recently in a while (laughs) and i think uh it's 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 worth kind of addressing here the idea of you know i think i'm pretty good at starting things Mm. but um wherever your your guys's projects are right now you had to start and at, at the beginning when you're starting something and you don't have an audience it can be rough continuing to put out material and then looking at your view count and going all right. I just put in how many hours for that? Awesome. Right. Like like so how do you find that that drive to keep going? I'm taking notes. Go. <laughs> 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 I think
1: that's why when Tina asked earlier, she's like, what do they all have? I'm like, it's that internal drive. Like, yes, you have to do something, but then you have to find that internal drive. That's my two cents. Go.
3: I that is mean, a decent answer. Yeah. There there is an aspect of that, but where does that come from? I feel like that comes from believing in something so much and enjoying it at least on the front end I feel like you need to really love what you're doing in order to make good progress and when you don't feel like doing something else or escaping from it because because you enjoy it and it's not work that definitely helps you know some people are motivated more by money this is something we talked about in in the lemon leadership um, thing so being able to see a return is like having small wins can be something that's really important for people to be able to stay motivated to keep going. And if you, if you can recognize what your small wins are, what would, what would feel like you were succeeding a little bit to help you keep moving forward. I think that helps recognizing what your motivations are, setting yourself up to win, I guess. Um, and maybe pulling in some help if you need help to move forward
2: right on. I think there's there's two other aspects of being honest with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You think you know you listen to Tico and Tina they travel the 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 northern and central hemisphere or the uh North America and Central America
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and uh central hemisphere, oh boy
0: um, it's good, I think, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and you think, oh, they've got it easy. You know, look, you gotta be honest with yourself. You're starting a business. Right. So, um, I my mother's actually uh everybody, uh there's so many people looking to become life coaches. And I think there is a I think that's the pastor of the future. So I think there's room for thousands of them in the world. Um everybody's looking for a mentor, everyone's I think we need them. You know, the best athletes in the world have coaches for a reason. So why not the best livers in the world? Why would you not have a have a coach? Um, uh, livers as in people who live. I know. You <laughs> uh, never need to detox. <laughs> so you want to live well? Have a coach. I get it. And I think that is the past for the future. Um, and she's becoming one. She's getting trained by Mary Morrissey and uh, going through. She's got emotion code and Psyche and different tools in her belt that I absolutely love. Um, and you know, watching her, helping her set up her business, there is an aspect of this industry that kind of feels like, well, I turned it on. Where's my money?
5: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And look, just because you open up a restaurant on the street corner doesn't mean that you're going to become the next, you know, cheesecake factory. Mm -hmm. Like you need to work. And so uh, you look at people who have been able to kind of find a flow in their life. And if you asked Tico and Tina, I guarantee you there's parts in their life where they realize, man, I, we did not put enough effort into our business this month and we're suffering. You know, it's called work for a reason. And so it's not just literally write one blog and live off it the rest of your life. It is grow, mature, keep going. Um, and that includes uh, a financial investment often where you are willing to, depending on how serious you want to be, you want to go from zero to a hundred you know, uh, 0% to hundred percent, as far as how much time it is in your life, then develop a plan. Um, and then the other, so that's one piece is kind of, you are starting a business and to be serious with yourself. Um, the other one is to understand that building a brand, um, in this world, uh, one of the number one things that you're going to have to swallow is that it takes consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, there are rare unicorns where you just happen to write the perfect blog and put it in the perfect spot and something happens in the news where you become, you know, financially successful overnight. But by and large, if I go to your website and I only see a couple pieces of content, I'm going to find somebody else who's more of an expert and, um, So there is a measure of also being honest with yourself. Like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure that I have the longevity to put out so many pieces of content without anybody reading it or Mm -hmm. anybody listening to it. Um, You know, we've got a podcast. I mean, let's, let's be honest. How, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers. How many people are listening to this epic podcast? Um, we are. It's relatively new. We're now recording the 17th episode. And we have understood that we need to have some longevity. We need to have some stick-to-itiveness before people are even going to respect what you have to say. Um, and then, you know, you get 100 episodes in, 200 episodes in. Now people know, oh, these guys aren't only, you know, this is what they do for a living. But I can trust that when I you know, subscribe to their podcast, I'll get an episode next week. And so there is a measure of longevity that you just have to kind of grin and bear it. Like, look, no, there is nobody listening right now, but I don't care. I'm starting a business and I'm going to keep opening my doors. And if nobody comes to my restaurant today, fine, I'm going to do what I can to advertise. I'm going to do do what I can to continue to produce food and make sure that my that when people do walk in, it smells good um so it's just a matter of kind of grit i think that uh, a lot of people don't really expect that you're going to have to have cuz mm-hmm. there's so many people out there saying hey start this online business and become a millionaire tomorrow
0: <laughs> no i think that's something that's really true about that too is that i um when i'm sifting through looking for podcasts on a particular topic i'm looking for somebody who's got some episodes you know under their belt like there's there's something really to be said for that consistency and that longevity Now, to a different point, you know, some people come in to the digital space maybe as a digital marketer, and that's their whole thing that they do. But as maybe somebody that's coming in from a different angle, you still have to do your fair share of digital marketing or find your ways that you're going to make money off the content that you're providing. Maybe you if you maybe you do sell some directly, but how else, what other opportunities to make money are there in that space?
2: Oh boy. Oh boy. There's so many. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I'll, I'll just to get us started here, we we'll go like affiliate marketing, for example. That's something that we've begun to explore here. Uh-huh. Explain uh, that. Do, yeah. Oh. Go, Matt. Go, oh, you don't want that one? All right. I um, no, I
4: can do it. I, I just want to. We'll take it, Matt <laughs> to put you on
0: the spot. Let's... All right. Take it. I'm, I'm on the spot. So, affiliate marketing is when you're not necessarily selling your product, but you found something that you find very valuable, a, a product or a service that you find super valuable. And you believe in it so much that you, um, provide a link to it through your content. And that link, if somebody clicks on it and decides to partake in that service or product, then you receive a commission for it. It's, you know, something that's, you can do through, you know, as maybe it's not the highest yield, but you can do it through Amazon or there's certain, um, you know, sites that you can go to that will provide just huge lists of products that, uh, that people are waiting for affiliates to market for them Mm -hmm.
2: such as CJ affiliates. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, in that case, if you wanted to go to our website and we've mentioned lemon leadership multiple times in this podcast, (laughs) you could purchase the lemon leadership book through our link. It wouldn't cost you any
0: more. Mm-hmm. to go buy it on amazon but we would get a little bit of a cut you'd buy a book that will help you and you would support some good pe- good people at the same time but this just <laughs> good fecal yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> i was thinking
2: i just watched pikachu last night so maybe it was, you're gonna say <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> you had a question
1: i do but i we were talking about affiliate links yeah, and let's keep that train right, going and all then all right. when we different ways done. to make money
0: yeah yes. different ways to make money go
2: I mean, there is the, we've mentioned the e-learning. So if you want to create classes on things like Linda or Udemy and Linda, by the way, is spelled with a Y mm-hmm. um, or Udemy um, or even, you know, a plural site, if you're in the tech world, I mean, there's so many educational sites you can do. I mean, how many times you've been, you know, download this free, whatever. And then it puts you into some group where you're, they're trying to sell you a membership, right? So mastermind groups or membership based sites where, You know, you pay $5 a month to, you know, uh, get this particular information or whatever. There's obviously e-commerce that you can sell. You can connect, you can sell like we do, uh, Amazon products on our site. Um, you can make an entire site out of that. Um, and then there's, oh my gosh, this is like limitless. If you write a book, I mean, heaven forbid you become an actual author, author, um, and sell your book or. Uh, sell uh, access to live events where you're going to do a webinar or, uh, you know, we have our podcast. If the listenership of this podcast gets sizable, then we can start doing uh, sponsored, you know, spots to say, hey, um, you know, sign up on Udemy using the epic.org link and we could get paid that way. So I don't know, I'm probably missing a thousand of them, David or Christina or Matt or anybody.
0: Well, uh, some some low hanging fruit would be uh, when you get to a point, Google Ads, you know, something mm-hmm. or duh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Advertising space on your website—it's all good. Mm-hmm. Favorite
1: websites,
3: for
0: the record. <laughs> David, go.
4: I don't.
3: You mean with more ideas?
4: Yeah, I was.
3: I mean, well, there's I mean... like the whole f- fulfillment by Amazon type thing oh, where yeah, you trying... you get into products, but you don't do any of the. Can work on the actual physical product but drop shipping stuff yeah yeah yeah
4: there's also i mean you can sell stuff on ebay which is obviously yeah
0: do you have to carry the um you you have to
4: do a lot lot more stuff on ebay because you have to have it there
0: all Uh, right so in case people aren't familiar with the the term drop shipping it's like it's me selling something that i don't actually have the product in a warehouse for right Uh, it's all held somewhere else i'm just selling it
2: are we going to do, we'll probably do t-shirts at some point, right? With some of the sayings and quotes that we've got. Yep. So if you go to our site, you buy a t-shirt, we don't have t-shirt. I don't have t-shirts sitting in my office.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. Like
2: the, that order goes to whoever we have the printing company with, you place the order and it immediately sh- gets shipped to your house. And nobody in this company ever saw the product in office at any point in time. And that's really great when you, build, I mean, when you build a brand. I mean, if you've never studied self-publishing, it's the same way. Like, you know, writing a book, we have, we're working on a preparedness book that uh, when you order it on Amazon, it gets printed on demand and sent to you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even come. Again, I don't have a box of books sitting in my office. So there's lots of ways to do merchandising in general through uh, the printing services and fulfillment services.
0: And one of the nice things about that is while you're taking the risk of the time investment to create that product, you're not taking the, the financial risk of having all of that stuff printed or created and then sitting in your house and not getting sold. Right. Mm-hmm. There's definite right. upside to that.
4: Um, another way that uh, once you get a little bit of traction um, is brand deals. Those are by far my favorite ones the brand deals that we, we did with Tico and Tina, um, the, the brand will generally give you a sample that you can keep. And then, uh, it, and then the, sometimes they give you one that you can give away too. And then all you have to do is just kind of mention it or write a post about it or whatever. And I think by far, those are the ones that are the most
3: profitable.
2: And those are essentially affiliate marketing, but on a whole, on a whole nother level. Yeah.
3: yeah Cause you're scale. creating, you're creating uh, content for the brand as well. Generally. Right.
2: And then there's, I did forget like we've, Oh no, I did mention like Fiverr and stuff like that. If you just have basic services, mm-hmm. um, it is kind of easy to overlook. Like, you know, um, look, if you're good at designing, just design stuff for people <laughs> like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you can make really good money really quick.
3: That's the other thing too. Um, even more than fiber is like the, the marketplaces that sell um, like templates, design templates or video uh, stock video or stock photography oh, yeah. or all those kinds of things. Those are, those are also things that you can get into and you just join up with a marketplace and provide essentially a product, but it's a digital product. So.
2: Yeah. Another one would be coaching. So if you are an industry expert, you can obviously, you can just tag on a coaching service and a, uh, a personal one-on-one option, um, events, planning, whether it's retreats or conferences or whatever. Um, that's that's another big, a big thing that comes
0: out of the youpreneur side of things at least. Mm-hmm. And then maybe so, a distinction to make is, you know, you've talked about if you could, you're just doing those services for people, like that's active income. One of the bright sides of, of living in a digital world is that not everything needs to be created over and over again. Once you mm-hmm. create it, Sometimes that's it, for, you know, and you can just sell it over and over and over again. That's where mm-hmm.
4: digital products like really shine because you obviously don't need to uh, warehouse. You don't need to have an inventory or anything of the sort. Um, generally, you have very little to do with the actual sale. Uh, you have it on a site. It's it's a digital file, a PDF, an MP3, a video, whatever. And you sell it. You literally have no overhead, and, uh, and and it's very passive in the sense that it's it can sit there on the server. The person buys it, they get it, you know, it, <laughs> rinse, repeat. You know, and, and yep.
3: then your key is just the traffic and knowing your target market and how to target them the best. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That yeah. There's no cost of reproducing the product. You don't need to, you know. When you sell t-shirts, there's basic cost for every shirt you sell. But when you, and so, you know, you, every time you print a shirt, there's going to be a cost to you. But every time you print an ebook, there's no cost. It's literally free. Just you could print 7.7 billion of them, one for every person in the world. And it doesn't cost you an extra penny versus printing one of them. Right. So.
4: And even with the shirts and the whole drop shipping thing in, in that sense, I mean, if technically speaking, you are paying for the shirt. The percentage of the mm-hmm. sale though. But it, it's also, you know, your whole legwork as far as having it on the website and selling it and taking the money, et cetera, et cetera, is non-existent. So to a certain scale there, it's not really that much different than a digital product, but yeah. it is a
0: physical product. In a sense. I don't know. Right on. You had a question earlier.
1: I did, and we didn't talk about it in the the pre note shows. So I apologize mm. for throwing this curveball at well, you let's guys. Delete it. It's all okay. But um, it just popped in my head because when we first we start, first started our whole epic journey, we started with a conference called Spirit and Truth, and that's kind of stuck with me through over the years. I even have a Pinterest board called Spirit and Truth where I keep all my spiritual quotes that motivate me and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we think about um, digital nomads and new partnerships um, and we're talking about all these true things like these strategies and how to make money and how to find your niche and how to find your branding do you guys or have you thought about how to, to cross the stream and bring that spirit side into it knowing that we all come from a spiritual kind of background of you know law of attraction or meditation or anything like that that you do as you're developing your your brand
2: I know for me, the, um, the spiritual component of building your brand has become, I mean, it's, it's the most important, uh, it's, it's, but then again, that's my brand (laughs) is, is, uh, and, and, you know, I I almost laughed.
0: Christianity guy thinks that spiritual health is important.
2: (laughs) Right. Um, Right. To, to be able to say, Hey, if you want to know how to add spirituality to your brand, just sign up for one of my coaching classes and I will know. <laughs> it, it is a component of um, the law of attraction, the secret, uh, a great video. I think it, the secret falls a bit short in areas as far as the, the, the mechanics and nuts and bolts of belief and how to believe in yourself, and how to think about um, the range you're building. But nonetheless, The Secret is a great place to start if you want to kind of get into how the universe can conspire, does conspire with you to create the the future you desire. And let's be honest, we think that, you know, it's it's amazing to me when you look at, The internet, and you look at people who want to live this life, and it's they immediately talk themselves out of out of what their idea is, because they think, well, nobody would want to listen to me, or somebody's already doing that, or there's not enough, and you can find a thousand reasons why not to try something, and if you just flipped the flip the switch to believing that there was more than enough, that there were more than enough people who were Googling the thing that you're really good at. They were Googling how to cook a cheeseburger, that there were more than enough people that wanted to know how to cook a cheeseburger better than they currently do, that there was more than enough, uh, even if there were three other cheeseburger experts, that there's still enough, that you can still make a living off of a quarter of the cheeseburger Googlers. Like that (laughs) flipping the switch that there is more than enough in this world (laughs) <laughs> cheeseburger Googlers like, <laughs> yeah, say that um, flipping the switch there's more than enough for you I think is probably the, the number one thing that I have found people who have been toying with this idea of digital nomadship or youpreneurship is they think that there's just too it's too scarce and that guy's already got his niche so I, I can't go after it and look <laughs> how many fast food restaurants are there, right? If fast food was, uh, if, follow, if those industry, if those companies followed that same thing, you wouldn't have, and let's just stick with one same style of food, right? Wendy's, McDonald's, uh, Culver's, um, I'm five trying games. to think of like Burger King, burger King? <laughs> like five, five five, they're,
0: they're all in that burger industry.
2: No. <laughs> That's like...
5: Mm.
0: right <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck sure. on austin's uh cheeseburger googling I mean, you know, like
3: uh,
0: the, the burglar from i was <laughs> thinking
3: hamburglar. hamburglar yeah
0: that's hamburglar. yeah that's what i was thinking
3: of
4: so i actually have something to say in addition My, to your point but if you want to finish your point then that would be uh, <laughs> no i'm just that, it's I'll, just um, if you could get this point
2: Flip the switch of scarcity, like thinking that there's not enough. Mm -hmm. um, That is by all means the most, the most uh, important spiritual side of this is what you believe is possible. Mm -hmm. Because if you think you're out there competing against the entire internet, um, when you look at the internet, the numbers get stupid. Mm -hmm. They get so stupid because you're not just marketing to the people who live in your town. You're not a restaurant hoping to get people within the five mile square radius. You are literally marketing to the whole freaking world. At least the English speaking world. If you're listening to this podcast, that is and million and millions of people.
0: That's one of the really interesting things about having a podcast with, with service, with demographics that you could see where, or demographic, uh, just statistics yeah. that you could see mm-hmm. coming in. I mean, it was like kind of, exciting So, like hey people from luxembourg are watching this people from india are watching this okay or yes. listening
4: the the funny thing is like case in point to this that what, what you're saying like there um there is a food channel by it, it's it's in the literal boondocks of southern india <laughs> the guy is an old guy old uh, i think he's like 74 or something like that hardly has any teeth Um, (laughs) no joke hardly speaks any English at all and their YouTube channel has views in the billions it's awesome it's a food And, and basically what he does is he he cooks something so okay today we're gonna do you know fish and chips so he shows you how he cooks fish and chips there in india so he'll go get the fish his he, he he works with his sons like four or five of his sons that one guy one son takes the video and then the other ones help him chop up uh tomatoes onions fish etc etc and 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 then uh he basically cooks it over a fire with these big old whatever and and and, and he makes these videos they put them out and they get views in the millions and millions per video.
2: You know, and, it's crazy though. So I hear you. And that's, the, that's a beautiful example of like the most random person still being able right? to basically. <laughs> yeah. The other side, people can hear, oh, so I need billions to make money. No. no so right. I'm going to speak for my own part that uh, with New Age Christianity, on average, um, I'm the, it's still fairly. I haven't even marketed one bit. It is 100% word of mouth. On average, I have anywhere from sixty to a hundred people a week. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. That inc- that is, if I look look at the numbers of people who watch the latest episode, it's in the fifties. So, um, and then there's people who listen to the older episodes and stuff like that. Um, so let's say, as far as up and current content, I'm in fifty to sixty people a week listening to my latest episode and you know just on that one project i'm pulling in a thousand to twelve hundred a month Sweet. right so you don't need billions mm-hmm. right now and that's now that's how i've monetized i'm a nonprofit organization so people can donate mm-hmm. um i've had people donate services like i got my chiropractor donates you know his services so i have that's a month let's it's you know, cool. saves me 160 bucks a month, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I've chosen to monetize. But if I had a book or if I did any classes or whatever, you don't need billions.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You literally just need a niche mm-hmm. and you can make a living. It's yeah. really not as hard as, as we like to think it is. But again, it's, you got to flip that scarcity switch.
4: Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and on, on that, sorry, I completely got sidetracked with, um, with the,
2: <laughs> the Indian dude.
4: Yeah. Um, there is, there is a concept called the long tail.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and so Ooh. the idea is you have, let's say your graph, and it starts at the top with, with things that, uh, let's say, well, the, the reason is keywords, okay? Uh, keywords on
2: search engines like Google yeah,
4: search engines, So, you know, like you'll have the keywords that are like, for example, uh, NFL or whatever that are, they get this massive traffic that tons of people are, are searching for. Um, and so if you're ranking at the top of that then you're going to get you know, X percent of the traffic, so you're going to get a crap ton of traffic. But as it goes down, it doesn't go down all the way and then get to zero. It goes down and then it gets to a point where it, it levels off and it kind of just kind of trails for basically ever and ever almost. And you'll have, you know, a ton of these keywords that will get, you know, three, four hundred, a hundred, fifty, sixty, etc. And the idea with that is that you can you can target these and rank for all of these, and they all build up to get you good traffic. And uh uh, one thing uh, when I was doing a, when I was, when I was studying about this, what the guy says is they are literally limitless because you're always having new concepts that are, that are building right. in the world. Uh, think about the fact that, you know, uh, what is this? 10 years ago, there was literally no traffic to the word iPhone. Is it 10 years ago? Probably 11, 12, 11, something now.
2: like that. close. So or Bitcoin or Ethereum. Bitcoin,
4: or... Ethereum and all these probably I mean, think about how many people are searching for iPhone now. Just just right. to rank number one on iPhone. And this is a concept that was not around uh fifteen oh, years ago. Yeah. Or how to how to do this with the iPhone? How to play music with the light? All these are keywords that are really, really high up, but they were concepts that are very new. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> even Facebook, even YouTube, I mean, all those things were not around 20 years ago, 15 so, years
0: ago. So speaking of, of keywords, what are some tools that people can use to, uh, to further their Upreneur or digital nomad journey?
2: Hmm. Huh. I think I'd, for me, I'd want to limit it to my top three or five.
0: Sure. Cause we are um, coming up towards an hour or two. So we're actually, there's
2: already- like, there's like a limitless. So I, I, so if you're not, if people want to, you're, you're going to need a website. I mean, this is largely uh, what the assumption is that you're going to need a website or that you're going to do a digital nomad or digital youpreneur. And so for me, um, WordPress is number one. WordPress is, Responsible. I don't know what the numbers are now, David and Christina. Is, is it upwards of 30% now of the world's websites? It's
4: a very big number. And I know
2: it's over 25% of the websites you've ever visited um, are WordPress sites. And that includes sites like, I, can, I think Fox News is a WordPress site. I, think, uh, I know BBC, it's BBC that's a WordPress site. Um, like, so WordPress is simply a content management system and, it, and there are themes and plugins and all sorts of things that you can build off of it. But WordPress is a open source software that is well-known. Um, certainly there, because it's so well-known there's security issues, not unlike not Microsoft uh, and DOS, but uh, WordPress is the number one tool. If you're going to start this, I'd say another one that is less um, for me that is, is, not so well known in the sense of uh, on that scale, but it is something I use a lot of is AppSumo. So sorry guys, I just stole that one from you. Uh, David and Christina turned me on to AppSumo a few years ago and they are super, uh, a super amazing company. They, they come out with deals for digital services or digital tools um, that are mind-blowingly inexpensive. Uh, basically, In my estimation, imagine if you were a company that was building a new software to help people produce promo videos faster. So in this case, Relay That is a service that uh, I was looking at. And so you wanted to get a bunch of purchases of your software really quickly because you need cash flow. You go to AppSumo, you sell 5,000 lifetime memberships for 50 bucks when normally the membership is $100 a month type of thing. So it's super crazy deals, and you can get a lot of cool services through AppSumo. And then probably my third top tool is really non-negotiable if you're going to have a website, which is um, (laughs) you're going to need a hosting service. Um, If you're going to have a website, it needs to be hosted somewhere. And uh, David and I, as the two tech guys for Epic, and other projects. um, I have become a super big fan of SiteGround um, for WordPress site hosting. So WordPress in general, AppSumo and SiteGround. And then there's like hundreds of others, but I'm just gonna limit it to those.
3: (laughs) If you don't want to learn something like WordPress, there are other options like Squarespace, Wix. Mm -hmm. The the websites have become much more user-friendly in the last five years even but 10 years um, you can design everything from the front end you don't have to get into coding and everything so basically anything that you want to do is just getting easier and easier to get into (laughs) what were you gonna say
4: me Um, she was talking to me no no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you if if you want to get into the whole keywords thing it, it is a little bit um, big brainish. You, you kind of have to. Uh, are you saying
3: you're really smart? I am, or are you? I am saying that. <laughs> Look at
0: the big brain on David. Oh, so huge!
3: He does have a very big head, but. <laughs> uh, sucks for hats. Exceptionally
0: large cranium, sir.
4: But to be honest, I think you can get especially with with keywording and seo and all that jazz you can get so bogged down with it and and then you can be like i don't know what to make and i don't know how to put it out and and to be honest if you're just starting just put something out there just just do it just just put yourself just start start putting yourself out there and like us and say have consistency you're probably going to do way more with that than you will ever do with uh trying to figure out the right keyword or figuring out, you know, how to target this or that. No, you, you, it, eventually, if, if you want to get into something like that, then, you know, once, once you get to a certain milestone or whatever, you can say, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to start looking into this, but to be honest, don't, don't, don't get so caught up in trying to figure it out how to do it exactly perfectly mm-hmm. right at the beginning, because the more important thing I feel like would be just go in and get something out there, go and put yourself out there first.
3: Like I like to say for a long time, how, <laughs> why do you want to wait to start practicing? You're going to have to practice. You're going to yeah. have to gain experience period. There's no way to just jump in and be an expert at something. So yeah. start practicing,
2: <laughs> start you doing spend, it. You can spend eight months to try to build the perfect website and then right before you launch, you realize it is the slowest website that anyone has ever built because you didn't know that part.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that have, I'm speaking just,
2: from experience with the no. original Epic website or anything like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just saying. Uh, one, one tool that I do love is called tailwind and it helps you schedule stuff for Pinterest. And it has a bunch of tribes where you can um, submit your, Graphics from your website or whatever to other people to pin, and you pin their stuff, and it's just kind of like a it's, a it's a happy Pinterest place. And Pinterest is a very useful tool for um, basically anything you're doing because it it's the visual search engine essentially, on par with Google and such.
4: So um, YouTube here, let me put this out here. So mm-hmm. if you would be starting a website or something like that, what what um social engines we're doing this
5: <laughs>
4: yes what social <laughs> what social engines? social media engines do you uh would you target initially first like because i mean what we have about a million and a half so um
3: oh social media options <laughs> uh, social media
4: <laughs> options twitter instagram pinterest facebook
2: to me that depends facebook. on your
3: industry yeah it does depend on your industry um but (laughs) but that's another that's another topic though is just is where you're going to focus your content essentially
2: who your Uh, target market is so could
4: you give like say for an example i don't know
3: but by and large like it's important to be in video in this day and age and my personal opinion is pinterest is a really big deal because it is a search engine it has become a search engine but youtube Pinterest. YouTube but is again, it really a just depends. That's Google. what I'm saying. Google, YouTube's YouTube is
2: the second largest search engine in the world.
3: Right. And I think Pinterest is the third. So, yep. but, but For honestly, like Austin said, it does, it does depend on your market because yeah. like, there are still people that use Facebook. I don't get it, but they do. And a lot of people, it's a lot of people. So <laughs> it's a lot of people. It's apparently. a
2: lot. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, again, I mentioned I was helping my mom set hers up. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's looking at Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube or and Facebook. Sorry. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at, I kind of talked her through her brand and mm-hmm. her archetype and all this stuff. And I said, I said, by and large, mom, none of your brand is going to be on Twitter. Uh, it's almost a waste of time. You oh, know, you you know, Facebook is largely an older audience now. A lot of the millennials and stuff have left. And then, <laughs> and then, and then LinkedIn is more of a professional audience where she's right. looking for kind of a corporate audience as well. I said, so I think you should focus on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then, if you want to add Twitter later, that's fine. But, but uh, you know, and then her her stuff isn't very visually appealing. It's mm-hmm. you know, um, so Pinterest not so much, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's it is very much target dependent and um, industry dependent. If you're a professional consultant, you need to be on LinkedIn. Yeah, for
3: sure.
2: Right. If you're selling widgets, LinkedIn is a waste of time, mm-hmm. largely, unless it's a professional widget. You know, right. so it's just you just need to know your audience and where you're headed.
4: Mm-hmm. Is there um what's that what's that um is it co schedule? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Co-s- co uh, schedule dot right? <laughs> yes. So hot. Coschedule.com. They are absolutely they have some blog posts on marketing on on, on social that. that are mind blowing. And they also have a tool that helps you with um, headlines. Headlines, and they'll give you a score. Like you write your tool, and it'll say, "Hey, why don't you add more of a this kind of a word, you know?" Or, or it, it, you get you got the schedule. Uh, you got this this the score. Um, you need to bump it up to this. Why don't you add a, a couple more words to your headline or take some words out, et cetera? I mean, mm-hmm. it's really awesome. But they also have like as far as navigating the whole social media, what's important, which social media uh, platform is more geared to professionals or to a younger audience, what time is best to post on stuff. They have PDFs with all of that. And they are, I mean, their blog posts are like, you know, manuals, very long, but they're packed like jam packed with amazing information. Mm -hmm. So you probably should go get them now before they turn them into an ebook and sell them. Yeah,
2: exactly, right. Yes. I also have to mention a little quick shout out to Canva. Hmm. That is uh, a, a visual art, you know, uh, very clean and uh, well designed kind of banners and pictures and, and and visual images is a big deal in this industry. And Canva has an amazing, pretty amazing for what free services they offer. Um, yeah
3: there are more yeah. and more of those options anymore and there it, are it's crazy <laughs> how the industry has changed graphic design uh, websites all that stuff like that's where we started in and now like you can totally do stuff yourself for the most part well like back
4: in the day what was it is photoshop and that was basically it
2: <laughs> yeah it was like an 800 hundred dollar program you had to have on your computer
4: nowadays yeah. uh, web-based
2: services yes there
4: was web-based. those is pixlr is it like canva
3: yeah, there's similarities. Yeah, I was uh, Christina
4: turned me on to pic- Pixlr the other day, and I was like, I would never done any sort of anything like that with yeah. Photoshop, and I was able to crank out some.
2: Yeah, Pixlr, Vector, Canva. Dang, there's yeah. just so many services so many. like that. Well, maybe it'd Matt, be you should probably take it over because we could go forever. Yeah, I would yeah. say
0: maybe best to have those. Uh, they come to mind. List them in, the, in your in your blog, and people can go there and find all this extra stuff that we've gone into through our blogs that we write on a weekly basis and post of these things. Um, maybe it's time to go around the circle and put out sheer uh, closing thoughts.
1: My closing thoughts was something that Austin said that I liked a lot. So I wrote it down and that is there's more than enough for you out there. So whatever you're doing, whether you're working a traditional job or you're trying something new or you're just trying to push through a personal funk, there's more than enough out there for you. You are mm. your own internal driver, and you've got this. I love it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd say, look, you know, if you're interested in digital nomad lifestyle, or the youpreneur lifestyle, or a combination thereof, in short, just Google it. (laughs) Like, there are blogs, and resources, and videos, and podcasts, and I'm telling you, there is, there is a massive energetic movement in the human experience towards figuring out how to shift from survival to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's something inside of you that's listening to this going, man, I would really love to live that way. Don't shut it down because you think, well, I never could. No, freaking Google it. Like hit us up. Um, yeah. And and we would be happy to help you like we look, this is what we're doing and you don't do you hear any scarcity in us? Like well as long as you're not in my industry I'll help you. No, trust me. There is so much for all of us. No. So, I'm in the new I'm in a religious spiritual uh discussion with newagechristianity.org and you want to come up and do like I don't know new age, new age christcenteredness.org. I'll help you. I don't care. Like (laughs) if we're going to reach different people, there is more than enough people out there and uh, let's do this together.
3: Agreed. My biggest thing I think that we haven't touched on as much is you can really get in your own way (laughs) really easily and without realizing it because of beliefs that you have. And honestly, those are the kinds of things that you need to address. Ideally, sooner than later, at the beginning, because the poverty mindset is one thing, but it can be um, showing its face in subtle ways that you don't recognize. Like you can be afraid of succeeding, honestly, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and self sabotage without realizing it. Partly because you don't know who you are as a successful person, potentially, and that's not the kind of thing you would ever realize, probably consciously, but if something is not working, go back to your beliefs, basically. And the the poverty one is definitely a huge one, the scarcity. That's, that's definitely one of the biggest ones. But even just being able to believe that you're worth doing something that you that you have value in what you have to say and everything like that. It's there's there's so many little beliefs that go into it. But I've definitely recognized in myself sometimes that there is a little bit of fear or hesitancy of really succeeding because what does that, what does your life look like when you're really succeeding? What is, um, what has to change and not being afraid of change, I guess, too, is one thing, Mm. but just take, take inventory of your beliefs, I guess.
0: David, just do it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Mm,
0: Right. Mm
4: -hmm. Just
0: do it. Right on. You know, whether, You no longer desire to work for somebody else and you desire to kind of take the helm and 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 sail your ship where you want to go. Or maybe you've listened to a previous episode about how the future of of employment looks vastly different than it does now, and you recognize the value of having a personal brand. You know, so much of it's being a communicator. And as in in that role of a communicator, I think there's a temptation to, to act. And, and, and to play a character, to not be yourself. And if that's what you want to do, then by all means, go for it. But I think there's a lot of value in being super authentic. Not mm-hmm. only does that, re- that make you relatable to other people, but when you push into your own flaws as a human being, when you, when you become open to that idea, when you stop h- trying to hide it from everyone else, you realize what you've maybe been hiding from yourself. And it's it allows you to really grow in ways that you've never expected. So I know, in a, in an effort to be super honest with myself, it's changed my the relationships I've I've had with people for for quite some time. And it's been a really cool change to see how it's re- impacted the way that we talk to each other and the the conversations that are now available. And I think that even in a digital space where we don't see each other you know in person that it still translates really well. So that said, thanks for joining us again this week. This has been another episode of the epic podcast your weekly dose of mental foreplay. We've got the blogs rolling out and yeah, the epicepoch.org. I don't know. Visit our Patreon. Oh yeah, Patreon. Um, oh,
3: yeah, we're going to be putting up some behind the scenes, some uh, stories that happen, not on the episodes, some some uh, faux pas, etc. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on and engage, engage with us uh, on social media, Epic Ideas. Did I miss anything?
4: Um, the links uh, for all the stuff that we talked about on the podcast.
3: In our posts?
0: In our posts,
4: probably. Um, so...
3: Definitely check out these podcast episode posts because there's always a ton of stuff in there.
4: Yeah. And um, yeah. that was another thing that I was going to
2: say. Done it. Okay, Bye. Well, whatever. <laughs>
3: Bye.
2: <laughs> Give us money. That's what you're going to say. We, we want the money from
5: you, bud.
2: <laughs> that is the That's other right. uh, monetization oh, strategy.
5: <laughs> Beg. <laughs> <laughs> All else fails.
1: Bag <laughs> Until next time. All right. Please. <laughs> Please. Bye.
5: Bye.